0: They're authentically passionate about the people, the company, the industry, and uh, and and those are the ones that. Beca- and I think the reason authenticity matters is because you're 24 seven oriented. You're, you're not having you're you're subconsciously oriented in the right direction all the time if you're authentically and passionate about it. And yeah. so uh, I think that's I think that's the thing. That that way it becomes natural, and you're not having to kind of check in and make yourself. You know, yeah all the time.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Caged Vision podcast with Kerry Rome. And this week, we've got a cool guest, Jay Waters. Jay is a professor of strategy at the University of Alabama. So we're about to get educated today. Jay, thanks for being on the show. It's a delight to be here. <laughs> All right, Jay, with every guest, I like to start off with something a little silly just to get the listeners to know you better steak or fish? Uh, steak. You look, you look like a steak guy. That's a, with confidence, steak. All right, beach or mountains? Uh, mountains. Mm, very good. East or West Coast? Hmm.
0: Uh, I i'm gonna say west coast we've we've been visiting out west a lot to the parks out there and so um i I haven't gotten onto the real west coast i've got but what i've seen i like so yeah
1: i'm with you i was out there this summer and you know they call it a weather tax have you heard them say that what's we oh oh, a weather tax in california it's just a weather tax right it's an extra 10 percent for the weather (laughs) and and you know this summer was the first time i started thinking like Maybe that's not a bad tax after all.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe that's, I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, Jay. Listen, this is the Cage Vision Podcast. You know that, but the purpose is to provide encouragement and confidence to our listeners because more than likely, um, they're listening because they they want to achieve something more. They want to uh, either push themselves to the next level, try something that they're, they're maybe just sitting on go. So. Thanks for being here. I mean, it's, you are the first professor of strategy <laughs> officially that we've ever had. Um, and so I really, I, you know, I cannot wait to get your perspective. For those of you listeners, Jay worked in business for a before. I mean, his career is living and breathing, getting people off of go and implementing this, implementing where you want to go. And, and now he's teaching others. So it's, it's just really such a, um, a unique perspective. So Jay, I want to start by going way back, call it the Wayback Machine, and tell us about the first time that this idea of vision, and I'm using air quotes here, this idea of vision and strategy and needing to nurture it and guide it, when did that first occur to you as, wow, this is something that I think is, is 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 something I need to em- not only embrace but build a career around
0: well um, in large measure I, I was kind of self taught when it came to strategy uh, I um, ended up in the advertising business and and found my way to strategy portion of that business and when I started working with different companies and I came up at a time when People said about businesses that you know uh, that the ultimate goal of the business is to re- maximize shareholder return that was the thing and it was very dollars and cents driven mm-hmm. and and that didn't really 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 wasn't satisfying to me um and so but I didn't really have an alternative until I started uh, working with companies and and we started getting into this idea of vision and purpose and And those different kinds of things, and when I started realizing that you can connect yoke those two, I I can't say that there was just a a single moment of blinding insight. But there was a moment there where I realized that um, companies and businesses can be both. They can, and actually, they're better when they're at both. When they are, they're trying to make money, of course, but they're trying to make a better place in the world. And that's one of the things I really try to emphasize to students is that. Uh, if if you're making the world a better place, um, that is a good place to be in terms of being successful as a business. oh, yeah, and so and so when I was working with different companies that were in a lot of different industries, you know banking and insurance and and things like that, um, and realizing that we could be um, we could have higher aspirations than simply just trying to maximize share price, um, that really became a passion for me and trying to bring that, and, and and not everybody saw that, and trying to, having a, I was fortunate to have a position where I could speak to top management and say, um, you ought to have, you open your eyes to a bigger picture that's going to be good for your company and good for the people that are around your company.
1: Well, I'm so glad you said it that way because so many executives are metric driven, and they believe that dollars and cents and phrases like a shareholder value is, uh, they be, is something that's motivating, and it's only motivating to people that are shareholders. Right. And so if you think about your target customer and you think about an employee three levels down, uh, to come to work every day or to come to, to, to buy your product or your service uh, for the sole reason to make you rich, that's not a compelling reason. No, and 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 I think people are. There's a whole generation
0: that I, I don't know what it, it, chicken or egg, right? I don't know how does this generation get to the point where they are now? But there are people who are not going to be satisfied, even less satisfied than than what our maybe our parents were about working in that kind of environment. Although I would say that I think we're giving our parents short shrift. I think our parents and grandparents were happier. Uh, when they were working for businesses where they thought they were making a difference as well instead of just making the man rich. And uh, I, I think we increasingly we're seeing that that could be possible and that's what your expectation should be as an employee.
1: Yeah, so you think, you know, I, I hear you, that we, there, was a, there were people that maybe back in, in the day, parents or grandparents, where they loved the industry they served and they believed in it. And then it seems like it got lost for a while. And, and 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 I don't know whether that's uh, you know corporate greed in the 80s and 90s or what it is but it seems like it got lost for a while and 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 I love that I love you hearing hearing you say that students are now embracing it again
0: they're they're having you know I have a class where we, we kind of talk about from the standpoint of agencies um but we we go through this process of looking at purpose statements and vision statements and mission statements and students go from you know I'd work for, I'm hungry for a job, I'll work anywhere, and to the point of when they look at different companies and look at what their online, what their presence is and what they say they're about, they're very quick to say, "You know I, I don't think I want to work there because it looks mm-hmm. like all they're interested in is the work mm-hmm. and and, and, and the, it, it isn't a very I think it's just waking them up to something that they already expect. It's just that they don't really see it in black and white until we actually get in class and start talking about it. And they realize, hey, I I, I don't want to go in every day to a place like that.
1: Oh, uh, well, hey, you are a whole lot better learning that lesson at age twenty than you are at age forty. Right, hundred um, percent. Okay, so listen, you you're there, you're you're working for the agency, which turn which was outrageously successful agency. Um, what do you think is the one thing that separates uh, someone, a business owner with an idea, than Versus someone with this vision that is you know who we are going to become and that and, and, and really embraces the concept of strategy, what do you think it is that separates them um,
0: i I think the word that comes to mind is authentic, authenticity yeah they're authentically passionate about the work and the, the work and the possibilities. Um, I, I think that there are people who now sometimes they might find themselves there they're in they might find themselves in the wrong business right and so they're but they're still charged with trying to keep you know profitability and, and sales and managing in that way uh, and they may, may have to make the best of it and sometimes it is a case where you can kind of fake it till you make it um, but the ones that and that's a struggle for some but others they're authentically passionate about the people the company, the industry and uh and and those' are the ones that and I think the reason authenticity matters is because you're twenty four seven oriented you you're not having you're you're subconsciously oriented in the right direction all the time if you're authentically and passionate about it and yeah. so uh, I think that's I think that's the thing Then that way it becomes natural and you're not having to kind of check in and make yourself
1: yeah you know keep yeah. turning all the time yeah oh, I really like that um Okay, so tell me when you, give me a scenario because listen, a lot of a lot of people, they just sort of get stuck on go. They have an idea. They really don't know how to start. You know, the people that I've interviewed, overwhelmingly, the two things that pop out is number one is you have to take action. Number two is you have to believe, which is a version of confidence, but you have to believe not that the first answer is the right answer, but that you're going to find the right answer. Tell me about a time when there was a concept or an idea and you didn't know if it was gonna work, but you started believing that you could figure it out. Um, we, did some, we did some work for a client. I guess I can, I can mention a client
0: we did. Uh, it was some time ago. It was, uh, we did work for Asheville, North Carolina Tourism. Oh, very cool. And great town, loved it. It was a great account to work on. And um, when we first started working on them, they said, "Hey, we've we've got great restaurants here in Asheville." And um, we said, "Yeah, we we've been to them." We say, "Hey, those are great. We loved it. We named some places." And they said, "You know, we think we're as good as New Orleans. We are. We are as we are as good a culinary destination as New Orleans, Louisiana." We go, "Okay," mm-hmm. and they were saying, "We we we really think." That we should be mentioned up there as the great one of the great culinary destin- travel destinations in the country up there with New Orleans and so we go, okay, and so I, and so we we started you know visiting we said well maybe we can make this happen and so we um we we one of our workers another copywriter at the agency came up with this idea of Foodopia hmm. this idea of this um, community that was organized around food and and and, and, and Culinary tourism, just to go off on his little side, is not just great restaurants or white table cloth restaurants. It's a whole food attitude in the community. It's, it's organic and natural and, mm-hmm. and craft beer and all this you know, different kinds of things. And so he said, this might be the platform which we can position Asheville as being a, a great culinary destination. He said, okay, so we tried it. And so we knew that it couldn't happen by us just Advertising it, so we we're trying to make it happen organically, and and so we went out to the community, to the restaurant association, to the different folks, and we said, "Hey, here's you may not realize this, but you're part of this bigger picture." And once we put that bigger picture in front of them, and everybody was going, "You know, that's right, hmm. we are part of this," and so they started putting stickers on their doors that we had. We made the, we, the first things we did was we made these little stickers, and we said, A "Proud supporter of Futopia, Asheville, North Carolina." And, and they were restaurateurs and craft beer places could put those on those doors and they could, they could and, and they would call conversation. People would start talking about it and they would, yeah. start, they would start repeating the talking points and the vision and, and everything we'd shared. And the next thing you know, we started showing up on those kinds of lists, you know top five places to eat in the South and top 10 food destinations and all those different kinds of things. And so it really started from, you know, we did advertising and we, we did all those different kinds of things. But it started from people seeing a small little symbol of the story that they understood and that they could share with other people, and it it created this this dynamic kind of um, spreading and of, of it by word, old-fashioned word of mouth, that made it happen. And so and now you you think about Asheville, you think about food. And oh, that's such,
1: such a good story. And what I want the listener to take away is. What you believe, having having reflected on this now, what you believe is the hook is? How much does it cost to make a sticker? Oh, we we printed we printed two thousand stickers for four hundred dollars or something. Okay, so to to the point is that you took a concept and you didn't spend too much money, and you started to create a conversation around the concept to test to see if it would stick, and it did. And that leads me to my next question, which is. When did you know it's time to put gas on this idea? Because the first thing for our listeners, in order to start, don't try to boil the ocean. Start with a, whether you want to call it uh, your MVP, a minimum viable product. In this case, it's a $400 worth of a stickers. But test the market first, and then put gas on it once you figure it out. So in this scenario, how did you know, okay, we've got something here, let's roll. Um,
0: there were, there were a couple of things that, that told us it was time to move on and, and, and to, to use it up. One was, one of the restaurants there in town, um, they, were, they put out a cookbook. And so just by happenstance, we saw the cookbook and we were reading the introduction to it. And they had included the language and the story in the cookbook. And we had never really reached out to them. And we realized, it. hey... This is, this is taken off on its own. And then we started seeing um, food bloggers and things like that who were writing about the town and they were using that language. We had not reached out to them and we said, hey, this is we getting get something, budget, but we need to start feeding the beast a little bit. And so then we created you know, some traditional advertising and some social media stuff. And, but but it w- we had a good sense that things were going to go well because people were adopting it on their own. And when we saw those signs, those kind of sprouts out there, we knew it was time to go.
1: So good. I think my wife has the cookbook that you're talking about. They have two, re- two restaurants there? Yes. Yeah. Make a Fabulous Biscuit? Yes, they do. Yep. Yep. My wife has, I think, two of their cookbooks. Yes. Uh, that's so cool. That's such a great story. All right. So um, tell me, you're doing some really cool things with these students, and really you're planning the seeds for the next generation of business owners. What's your vision for the next 10 years? Um, I, I'm kind of a romantic when it comes
0: to strategy in, in that um, I think that there's um, that good strategy is simple and it's elegant. Mm. And, and so, um, you know, it's, and it's almost, it's almost, almost think about it as literature more than, than a business thing. And so, my, my goal would be is that um, I help kind of communicate some of that appreciation for the beauty of strategy to students, that they can, they, 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 they see the elegance and the simplicity of it. And they kind of, and again, it comes over time. It's, it's not something that just happens
1: hmm.
0: over, uh, in a short period of time, but that they, they aspire to that.
1: Uh, yeah, very good. What do you say to business owners that think I'm five million dollar business, I'm, I'm too small for strategy, or i'm a I'm a ten million dollar business. I'm too small for strategy? Uh, i think I think there that
0: there's um I think there's an arrogance that's attached to sh- the word strategic that's unproductive. You know there there's just always this idea about who's strategy and whose tactics and 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 I think that you know depending on what level you are, their strategy. If strategy is always an answer to a how question, then it's appropriate at any level. And you, well, put it this way: if you are not creating your strategy, you're still pursuing a strategy. You know, you're 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 making a pattern of decisions that that is a strategy. You're making some sort of you have some view of yourself in the world as a strategy. But you're executing a strategy. You're just letting
1: others the, like, decide about it. Yeah. That's, I love that. I really like the, the, the way you put that. Well, Jay, how do people get in touch with you? How do they, how do, they do you have a blog? Do you have a, um, how do people find out about what you're working on?
0: Uh the different ways. you can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm Jay Waters on LinkedIn. That's a good place to follow on me. Uh, or you can email me. Uh, I'm at, uh, at Alabama. So it's waters at apr.ua.edu. Uh, you can email me be delighted to, to chat with you, but uh, or follow my, uh, find me, contact me on LinkedIn.
1: Okay. Very good. And we'll do, we'll put those, uh, those two connections, uh, in how to connect with you in the show notes. Jay, I've got one last question and this one's particularly relevant because, uh, you work, you work and, and, and teach and guide 20 year olds every day. So if you could give yourself one piece of advice, your 20-year-old 20, 20 self, that is, what would it be? Um, I think the idea is I would be
0: more intentional about things. Uh, I, I, uh, I I I like a lot of people, drifted in a yeah. way. And, I, you know, I've had a good career and stuff like that, but there's still, as I look back, there was an awful lot of drift. Yeah. And so if I had had just an hour a day of more intentionality about Knowing where I'm going, knowing what I wanted to accomplish, thinking about that, I think that, that uh, not, not my life would be you know, turned completely around, because I think I've had a, a wonderful life, but I think that I would have been more productive.
1: So if, uh, if someone's 20 years old, how do they become more intentional? Is it, is it reading books? Is it, is it spending time thinking about what you want? Is it listening to podcasts like the Caged Vision podcast?
0: <laughs> That's a good
1: start. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, I, I, I tell students, you know, I, I take, you know, there's, um, do it five minutes at a time. like for instance, one of the things that, that I actually, I'm trying to go back and do then as, is, is keep a journal oh, yeah. every day. And, um, you know, just to put down the thoughts of the day And I think, you know, actually keeping a journal every day, um, you may wallow around a little bit trying to figure out what you're going to say every day. But I think just that moment every day of waking up early and doing that is something that helps you just kind of keep your mind um, ordered in a certain way. I mean, just makes things better, I
1: think. Yeah. So Jay, I write down my goals every single day. There's five of them. And and it's just every day I write them down and it's practice. But uh, going back to the earlier part of this conversation, my goals for the longest time had been financial goals and probably through a series of speaking with people that coaches, mentors, people that have guided me and they said, you know, why are they all financial? You know, yeah. What is, what is basically the same advice that I give people I just wasn't taking for myself and I started to write them down and it's got nothing financially related. And it means more. Yes, exactly. I mean, again, I went through that exercise this
0: morning of of trying to write down some goals and and, and looking at those and evaluating, hey, are are these really where I'm at my life right now? Are those the right goals, or 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 retrofitting a little bit what I've been doing, and then say, you know, and I, I do believe after a while the money will come.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: The money will come. I, I used to have to believe that, but I do believe it now.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: I think,
1: but, but just but doing something, I mean, the money won't come if you don't do anything. You got to start. You got to start. Hey, Jay, listen, each week, our goal is to bring encouragement and confidence to people that are looking to unlock their cage vision, take the next step. You've certainly delivered. Thank you for being on the show, and uh, I can't wait to chat again soon. Sounds great. Take okay. care sure. Bye. Bye.